Hey there, thanks for joining us here at Compass Church, where we are making God accessible to everyone. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us as a church, head over to our website, compassbn.com. We hope this inspires you and gives you practical ways to live out your faith. Enjoy the message. Well, we made it. We crossed the finish line of 2020, and we made it to 2021. And can I just say good riddance? What a terrible year this has been. I don't need to sum it up because you already know. And even though there were probably good things that happened in 2020, uh, my time with my kids was one of them. On the whole, it was pretty traumatic. It was the kind of year that would keep counselors very busy. In fact, I think that if another government stimulus comes through, it should include a free counseling session for every single person in America because we probably all need it. And actually, if you've ever been to counseling, you may know that one technique counselors often use is to have you write a letter to express what's happening in your head or what's happening in your heart. Now, sometimes they'll have you write a letter to someone you have a complicated relationship with or someone who's hurt you in the past. Sometimes the letter that you write is to yourself. But the goal of it is to process what you're feeling and what you've gone through. So in the spirit of putting 2020 behind me, I wrote a short Dear 2020 letter to process my year. So I got out my nice stationery and here goes. Dear 2020, you stink. Respectfully yours, Chris. P.S. Don't call, write, text, or email ever. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel a little bit better. Even writing that, it made me feel a little bit better. And I don't know if writing a Dear 2020 letter would be helpful for you, but before we really move on into 2021, I think that it's important for us to know how to deal with the past, especially when it's really bad. How do we move on from a year like 2020? How do we process everything that just happened? How do we process everything that we went through? And I think Jesus gives us a roadmap in how to think about and how to navigate through a hugely impactful past, like 2020, into a better future. And it starts in Mark chapter 2, verse 18. Check this story out. Once when John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting, some people came to Jesus and asked, why don't your disciples fast like John's disciples and the Pharisees do? So let's take a step back. Let's look at fasting. Now, fasting in Jewish scripture, it was, it was, and in Jewish culture, it was tied to a disaster or tied to really difficult seasons of life. So when people were in desperate need, they fasted. But interestingly enough, fasting was not a requirement of the law of Moses. It was not an expectation. The Pharisees just developed a tradition of fasting, and they fasted on the second and fourth days of every week. Because to them, it was an expression of their meticulous devotion to the ceremony of Jewish law. And like many of these kind of things, it moved from being a tradition for a few to an expectation for many. So for example, at one point in human history, someone decided that it was rude to wear a hat at the table. I have no idea why. Maybe the person that they were aiming it at had a really ugly hat on, or maybe it was one of those Davy Crockett raccoon skin hats and it smelled like a dead animal. Whatever the reason, it became a tradition for a few people to not wear a hat at the table. And from there, it became an expectation for many. 
there are probably people who follow this tradition who are watching this right now who couldn't even explain why a hat at the table is rude. And just for the record, I'm not necessarily saying that it isn't rude. I'm just making a point, okay? So don't get mad at me if your kids wanna wear a hat at the table. In fact, I will take my hat off from this table right now. But this is where the Pharisees are coming from. And they're, they're saying this to Jesus. They're saying, why aren't you doing things the way that they have always been done? This is different and we don't like it. And it feels like you're disrespecting our traditions and you aren't honoring the past. So look what Jesus says. He continues in Mark 2.19. Jesus replied, do wedding guests fast while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. They can't fast while the groom is with them, but someday the groom will be taken away from them and then they will fast. Okay, in Jesus's response, there's a couple interesting things that he does. He really does two things. First, he puts aside the tradition of the past that the Pharisees have been holding onto. And, and he, he just sets it aside for something new. And at the same time, he holds on to what was important in that past tradition. So Jesus is basically saying this. He's saying, look, fasting is a good thing. And my followers will fast. But the past way of doing things and thinking about things, that's done with. Because something new is coming. In fact, look at what he says in the next verse. He says, besides, who would patch old clothing with new cloth? For the new patch would shrink and rip away from the old cloth, leaving an even bigger tear than before. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. For the wine would burst the wineskins, and the wine and the skins would both be lost. New wine calls for new wineskins. Okay, when I was in high school, I was a server at Shoney's, okay? So I, I was a waiter. And every night when we closed, we had to clean up and prep the restaurant for the next day. And one of the things that we had to do, which I just hated this job, was to marry the ketchup. Okay, if you don't know what that, that, that is, here's what it is. We would collect all the ketchup bottles and put them into this big funnel where they would all pour out, mix together, and refill the half-empty bottles. Now, what always bothered me about this was the idea that we were mixing new ketchup with old ketchup. And I think about how old that ketchup could actually be. I mean, it's possible that there was stuff in there that could be literally years old. It just never got poured out and kept getting added into a different bottle every night. It's kind of gross. Could you imagine doing that with milk? I mean, disgusting. Old food should not be mixed in with new food. And that's Jesus's point. You can't marry old religious traditions with the new thing that God is doing. It doesn't work. The old things make the new things ineffective. And you better believe that God is doing new things because he always is. Isaiah chapter 43 says this, that it says, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The lesson from Jesus is that while there are things that we can take away from the past, we can't live in the past. We can take things away from it, but we can't live there. We can't live by continuing to chase and, and trying to recreate the things that worked for us in the good old days. 
We can't live by holding on to our regrets and letting them define who we are and who we're going to be. We can't live by clinging on to past grudges and hurts and allowing those things to determine the course of our future relationships, determine who who we're going to allow into our lives, who we will engage with, or who we're going to show love to. If there was anything that 2020 did, it was to separate everyone into their ideological corners, where all the people who thought like them and agreed with them were, all the while pushing everyone who thought differently further away into their corner. Follower of Jesus, you can hang on to those divisions, and you can even make them bigger with your dug-in opinions and your vicious social media posts, but know this, you will be an old wineskin. And don't expect Jesus to pour new wine into your life. As followers of Jesus, we need to learn from the past, but look forward to the future. See, the people who were questioning Jesus because he wasn't fasting enough, this is crazy. They were the most religious people around. And don't miss the irony of this. The people attempting to impress God with their religiousness literally looked God in the face and rejected him because of their old school religiousness. They were so stuck in their past that they couldn't recognize the new thing God was doing through Jesus right in front of them. The apostle Paul, he used to be one of those religious people before he became a Christian. And he understood the pull of the past and the temptation to live in it more than most people would. And that's why he was always looking forward to what God was doing next. And Paul says this in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. He says, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Forgetting the past and straining toward the future, what God is doing next. When you make a decision to follow Jesus, you become a new person, a new creation, but he doesn't stop there. He's always doing a new thing in us, in our church, in our community, and in our world. And like Paul, we have to keep our eyes firmly on him so we don't miss the prize that is in our future. 2020 was a a mixed bag of a bunch of awful things and maybe a few silver linings. But if 2020 is going to be a defining year for us, it can't be because of all the hurt, sickness, death, separation, and division that it brought. It should be defining because we followers of Jesus learned that God will never leave us or forsake us. Because we learned that no matter what political or ideological differences we may have had in the past, that Jesus is what unites us and that he is doing a new thing. It should be a defining year because by the end of it, we lifted our eyes out of the mess it made of the world and we placed our eyes firmly on the one who came to redeem and restore the mess that exists in the world. Just because the year changed on the calendar, it doesn't mean that we're past all of the grodiness of 2020. But we can let this new year serve as a reminder 
that our God wants to do something new, to pour new wine into our new lives, to reach new people and to bring new hope to, to people who are lost and hurting, many from the tragedy that last year was. And we can start this process by reflectively asking ourselves and asking God these questions. First, are there areas of my life in which I let the past define me? Past hurts, past regrets, even past victories? Second, am I holding on to past traditions or historical values or old ways of thinking that are preventing me from living like Jesus or loving others well? And then finally, maybe you need to ask this. Have I asked Jesus to forgive me and make me a new person? If not, today is your day. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for what you're speaking to us about the fact that you are doing something new in our lives and in our world. And I'm so thankful, God, that at this pivot point in history, coming out of just a diaper-filled dumpster fire of a year, God, that you are offering us a transformative future. God, a future that's for our good, our benefit, and a future that where you're, where you're going to use us to transform and change the world. I'm so thankful, God, that we can look ahead to you, that we can look ahead to a life in Jesus, and we don't have to live in the past. So Lord, I pray that you would help us to learn from the mistakes of 2020, to learn from the terrible things that happened. Lord, even to learn from the, the silver linings that may have existed, to carry those things forward, but to always be looking ahead to Jesus, to the new thing that you want to do in us, the new thing that you're going to do in our church, and the new thing that you are going to do in our community and in our world. And finally, Lord, I pray with those who today say, I need to say yes to Jesus. I want to become a follower of Jesus today. I want to become a new person. God, I pray with them that you'd forgive me of my sin. I've tried it on my own and I can't do it. And Lord, I just confess today that I need you. Pray that you'd forgive me of my sin. Invite me in and make me a new person and a new creation. In your name, Lord. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you decided to follow Jesus today, will you let us know? We want to be able to help you and walk you through this process. So will you just click the connect link uh, that's in the, the, the notes, the episode notes of our message today, and then just fill out the form so that we can connect with you and help you take your next steps in following Jesus. It's going to be a great year, not because I know what's going to happen, but because I know who's in control. And I know that God is going to, going to do a new thing in me, in you, in our church, in all of us. I can't wait to see what he does. I'll see you next time. Thanks again for joining us today. If you want to learn more about us as a church, get connected, need prayer, or anything else at all, head over to our website, compassbn.com.